Well, hello, my scary little friends. Welcome to Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen Lebooth. I got some great, skilly, skilly stuff for you this evening, or today, whenever you're listening to this. <coughs> and my co-host, Lexi, will not be here today, but she ain't gone for good. She's going to be making appearances here and there, but in the meantime, it's just going to be me, Stephen Lebooth, your host with the most... And this is ghost stories told from the south. Mmm. I can just smell the anticipation in the air of being scared. So sit back, relax. Hit the play button, but you already have if you're listening to me now. Get you a blanket, a cup of hot cocoa, and relax. Because I've got some great stuff for you pumpkin heads today. Now, I'm going to play this one by ear. I've got like seven stories, but some are kind of long, some are short. So, when I get to about 45 minutes in the... Trying to make the show last about 45 minutes. So, I hope you enjoyed last week's. Last week's was a a show uh, we did on the... um, What was it? The Dutchman's Mind. That place is creepy. I didn't know there was that much history there. But it seems like any time you go hunting there for gold, you get killed. So don't go. All right. Well, today I think I'm in Arizona. And uh, we are going to start off with the Bird Cage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. Y'all remember that? That's uh, on on um, Tombstone. That's the theater they're in. The Birdcage. Well, let's get on with it. The Birdcage Theater. It was opened in 1881 and was not the only theater, but also served as a saloon, gambling hall, and a brothel. If you don't know what a brothel is, that's where the ladies of the evening worked, if you know what I mean. The uh, New York Times called it the wildest, roughest, Wickedest honky tonk between Bass Street and the Barbary Coast. It had all the best beer, and it had all the best beer, and the uh, all the miners pretty much went there, and they could uh, spend a month's uh, pay there in one night. It was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and even on holidays. There were there were 26 deaths during the 80 years of business and over 120 bullet holes in the walls and ceilings. Well, because back in like on the movie Tombstone, when uh, them cowboys would get happier, like the show, they'd be like, "Yeah, woohoo!" Shoot their guns up in the air. <laughs> and Ghost Adventures has been there, and they have shown them uh, bullet holes in the ceiling and stuff. On December 25th, 1881, William, William uh, Billy Hutchinson and his wife, uh, Ludie, opened the Birdcage Theater. It got its name from the 14 boxes that were referred to as cages. Ah, the hotel rooms. 
these cages are locked on the uh, second story balcony on both sides of the main hall. Each box in the main hall is a is a stage where live performances were held and below was an uh, opera pit. Which an uh, opera pit, that's where the uh, band would sit and play. <laughs> it was like the stage and then you'd have that right there where they would play. Many famous and notorious legends uh, frequented the birdcage. Performances as Lillian Russell, Latte Crabtree, and Eddie Foy Sr. They were like the big time actors of the time because they didn't have movies back then. So <coughs> you had a lot of uh, stage stage performances and these performers would go from town to town. You know, that's how they made their living. So they would be on the road all the time acting. Oh, and uh, the belly dancer Fadima the belly, uh, the belly dancer Fadima was uh, was uh, there too, and other uh, other uh, ca- uh, cowboys hung out there too. Sometimes you had uh, the Claytons, the Cl- oh the Clantons, they would hang out there some. The Herbs, Bat Masterson, uh, Doc Holliday, and even Pete Spitz. These were all like legendary gunmen back in the day. Uh, they laid down uh, mainly sil- they, they uh, laid down mainly silver coins for a shot of whiskey. The basement was set up as a poker room where the story is told that the longest running poker game in history was played there. The game was played 24 hours and uh, for 24 hours and apparently lasted eight freaking years. Now how in the hell would you do that? Uh, lasted eight years and five months and three days, with over ten million dollars dollars exchanging hands. Some of the participants participants were Doc Holliday, Bat Masterson's, uh, Diamond Jim Brady, and George Harsett. With the house getting ten percent of the profits, the game ended when groundwater seeped into the mines. Flooding many of the uh, buildings in 1880 in 1890 ugh, in 1889. The town went bust along with the Birdcage Theater, and the building had to be closed. Perhaps one of the most notorious. Oh, the most notorious prospector at the Bird Birdcage was named Gold Dollar. Oh, she was, uh, no, I'm, I read that wrong. She was, it was, wasn't a prospector. She was a uh, notorious prostitute at the time. She was at the birdcage and her name was Gold Dollar because of her long gold hair. It was said that a woman named Margaret, Marg- Margarita came to town to take and took a shine to go to Gold Dollar's boyfriend, uh, named Billy, she she loved sitting in his lap and flirting with him. One time, Golden Dollar got wind of Mar Margarita Marga, excuse me, Margarita 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 sitting in Bill's lap, and she headed to the Birdcage Theater. She threatened uh, Margarita 
and told her that she was going to cut out her heart. They got into a uh, a fight and gold the uh, gold dollar stabbed her in the chest and cut her heart out. The angry ghost of Margarita has been uh, seen walking around the Birdcage Theater. Mmm. That's pretty fucking uh, gruesome. You gotta be pretty pissed off to go uh, beat somebody's butt and then cut their heart out. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I was married once and my wife cheated on me and it pissed me off. But I don't know if I don't want to go cut the dude's heart out. Go to jail for the rest of my life. But hey. And then, okay, where was we at? Okay, her ghost runs around the uh, Birdcage Theater. And in 1934, the Birdcage Theater's new owners opened the place back up for show. They found everything in the building that the, oh, they found everything in the building the exact way it was left. So when the place shut down after 80 years the first time, they left everything in it and just left even the poker tables tables were still there. Today, the bird cage stands as a tourist attraction and a visual look into its colorful past. With its violent history, there's short supply of ghost activity reported there. Several ghost haunting teams, such as Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Lab, have in- investigated the place with incredible results. Now I watched the uh, Ghost Hunters and the uh, uh, the one with freaking guy who likes to yell. Uh, Ghost Adventures. I've seen that one, and they were pretty good. They got some good stuff. Some of the ghosts claim that they have been report. Some of the ghostly claims that have been reported are crowd noises, music. Card shuffling and a smell of cigar smoke. Well, which makes sense. A lot of guys smoked cigars back then. A stage manager was said to be killed there when a sandbag dropped on him from the uh, quit Max from the uh, rafters. His ghost has been walking across. Has been seen walking across the stage. A gift store. A gift store owner saw the spirits of three cowboys in the gift in the gift store just standing in the back and then disappeared. The poker room in the basement, a lady in white here we go, another lady in white has been seen seen in the security on seen on these security cameras when no one was in the room at the time. They even have a photo of a white ghostly figure on the stairs leading down to the basement. The apparition appears to women in a uh, a bonnet holding her dress as she's walking down the stairs. A female employee was helping an older gentleman find his wife only to have him disappear on her. See, that would creep me the hell out. Somebody's right there with you, and then bam, they're gone. <coughs> and then at one time, a tourist found a rare gold 25-cent birdcage chip with only three in existence. 
on the table in the poker room. No one can explain where it came from because it wasn't there before. In some pictures, a ghostly figure of a cowboy can be seen in the stagecoach in the back area of the theater. During a seance, an owner was choked by a spirit with unseen hands. Also, the smell of cheap black perfume can be smelt in the various... various in the anyways cheap like perfume can be smelt in certain areas of the building see that would creep me out getting choked out by a ghost that's just too far man i don't think i'd be there for that and see i'm a pussy i don't know if i'd do a seance i'd be too scared when ghost hunters was there the personal experience of taps team were cards shuffling, smelling smoke, shadows walking across the, the window, a shadow walking across the stage. Perhaps that was the stage manager. And a ball dropping and rolling, cowboy boots walking. Jason and Garrett saw a woman about five feet tall in a white dress wearing a bonnet, a bonnet going downstairs to the poker room. They could not find uh, anyone down there. They also smelt like a smelt. They also smelt like a uh, cheap perfume smell again too. Steve and Brian heard a loud noise and found their heavy electrical cord unwrapped and lying in the ground. They could not figure out how that happened. So these people like to mess with their these ghosts like like to mess with their stuff. On an audio, they captured the voice of the the voice of a piano playing. If Brian and Steve heard it, they would have said something, but did not hear it. On the video, they caught a cord lift up and unwrap itself by some unseen force. That was pretty cool. They thought, man, that. That's just see. I've never had nothing that experience, that kind of experience. I mean, I've had experiences, but nothing like that. That's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty out there. Let me get a drink of my Wawa. Ah, okay. Now, gonna go over what the ghost adventurers found. On the Ghost Adventurers, you know which one that is. That's with Zach and his crew. The buffed up guy with the glasses that screams at all the ghosts. Okay, Ghost Adventures was there. Zach immediately uh, sees light and Aaron hears voices. They said it felt like 50 people were watching them and then proceeded to hear a man's voice as Zach continues to shoot a gun. Aaron felt something tug on his uh, flashlight, perhaps mistaking it for a gun. They heard the sound in the Harris area and headed towards the room. Nick is, Nick is now asking for some action, and he got it. A noise where the uh, prostitute's pictures are hung Zach points his camera at each picture, asking if they made some noise. 
while Nick hears a growl. Zach's camera went out, uh, went out the seas in a bullishy face to to the side of the, side of him appeared. Now near the horsey, Zach uh, produces a silver dollar to his friends and will come forward to write. Okay, let me go back here. Oh, okay. I messed that up. Here we go. Zach then gets into the coffin, uh, leaning on the wall, but nothing happens. Zach and Nick headed back to the poker room with whiskey and cigars while Aaron watches on the screens. On the way down, Zach sees a shadow and gets goosebumps. They both heard a man talking. But the cameras did not pick it up. They did capture a faint female scream. They offer the whiskey and cigar to the spirits while their cameras near the uh, stagecoach caught unexplained footsteps. On the digital recorder, they caught a male's voice saying, Come here, and no, keep talking. And then another voice saying no. They checked to see if Aaron said <coughs> said no because it was so clear but it wasn't him they continued hearing multi disembodied uh, voices and noises now it's Aaron's turn in the poker room alone Ooh. standing near the stagecoach in the uh, Harris room in the horsey room he had the feeling like someone was following him up the stairs to the room he puts the recorder on the table as he table okay as he describes it it slides underneath his uh, horsey he freaks out and quickly gets out from under it he said uh, he said that he felt something grab his shirt and decided it was time to leave Aaron said to the guys, dude, not cool. Not going to do this no more. On their uh, static cameras in the horsey room, they caught a voice in the poker room. They caught a strange light and they caught what sounded like card shuffling and a grunt or a breath. Then Dwight, a paranormal, another paranormal investigator, Quit, Max. Thinks the light might be a spirit trying to manifest itself because it looked like an upper torso. He listened to the female voice, heard it saying someone is here, and the male voice uh, singing loudly as if they interrupted them from having, you know, fun. He uh, also confirmed having the cards shuffled, and then a noise like cards were hit on the uh, table afterwards. Well, apparently there's a lot of spirits that haunt the birdcage, and those that died there are, are those that did not get to finish their game, so they're mad. That's crazy, man. 
I don't know what I would do if I seen a lot of, if I did a, or seen a lot of the crap they seen. Like the seance. That's crazy. Doing a seance in some hands, choking somebody. Yeah. Smelling cigar smell. That wouldn't bother me smelling or maybe seeing something too much. It's when they would touch me or something would move. I'd be like Scooby-Doo. Ghost. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the bird, KG. Ah, come on. Oh, my computer's being dumb. Okay. Guess we'll get on with story number two. That one was pretty long. That was about a good 15-minute story. Okay. We're going to start the story two. Okay. Located in the old uh, in the old town Tempe, Casey Casey Moore's Oyster House dates back to the eight to eighteen eighty six, and it's and it serves seafood, pub food, draft beer, whiskey, and it's a cozy setting to enjoy yourself. It's known as one of the most famous Irish pubs in and around Arizona, and it draws the electric crowd. In addition to its delicious food and beverages, the place also said to have some ghost. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, the, one of the stories is that a woman dressed in turn off the... In, a woman dressed in the turn of the century clothing has been spotted dancing in the dining room upstairs. Other strange things that occur include articles that disappear and then suddenly show back up in odd pla in odd places and neckties that are tugged in objects that become weightless. Pretty cool. All right, here's another little story, some more stuff I dug up on it. Uh, on the corner of Ninth and Ash in Tempe, Arizona, sits Casey Moore's Oyster House. The restaurant is often frequented by students from ASU due to its proximity to the school's campus. The building was built over 100 years ago as a residence for the in, in, in Influential Moore family. The Moore had a role in the development of educational system in the in and around Tempe. The family was related to B.B. Moyer, the governor of Arizona during the Great Depression. After the Moyer family passed away, the house fell into disarray or disrepair. Sometime in the 1950s, the abandoned home became a boarding house and a uh, Place where the ladies uh, of the night hung out, you know, that's where they had prostitutes, you know, where local youth could come and drink, do drugs, and have uh, and throw their parties. Hmm, that's a uh, wow. Hey, let's just make a house for the youth of our town to go do drugs and drink and party. Maybe they won't be so mad all the time. Yeah. There were stories of rapes happening, murders happening, suicides, and in 1973, the house was bought out and converted into a restaurant called Ninth and Ashes. 
1986, it was sold and rebranded as the Irish Pub and renamed Casey Moore's Oyster House. Tempe locals know the resident, the restaurant to be haunted. Residents of the era, era area has have even seen a couple dancing in the upstairs window late at night when they know the house is empty. Many presume them to be the ghost of the uh, Moors. The staff has had silverware thrown into the floor and tables, chairs are rigged around or rigged around and moved it uh, overnight when everybody's gone. The ghost of a young girl who was raped and murdered during the house's uh, Bardello days is also roams the restaurant too. Hmm. So go by the old uh, oyster house if you ever in Tempe. That's pretty creepy. Okay. That was a pretty good story. Pretty juicy. Well, like they said back in the hay, back when it was a brothel, no telling what happened there, no telling how many spirits got locked there. Okay. Write down my time. All right. Now we're going to be going over the Cooper Queen Hotel. We, uh, this uh, place is in the border town of Bisbee, Arizona. This time it's the Cooper Queen Hotel that haunts the place. It was constructed in 1902. The Cooper Queen is Arizona's largest continuously operated operated hotel. That means it's been in operation for a hundred years as a hotel. With over a hundred years of history, the hotel has picked up has picked up some ghostly guests along the way. The the Cooper Queen Hotel was originally <coughs> built by the Phillips Dodge Mining Company to host potential investors for the nearby co uh, copper mine. So basically, uh, they'd call investors to come up and they'd wine them and dine them and, you know, get them to put their money into their uh, copper mines. The 48-room hotel was a rest has a restaurant and a saloon, and now two room and now two rooms are the same. Oh, and no two rooms are the same. At least three ghosts live in the hotel. The most well-known is a woman named Julie Lowell, a uh, prostitute who used who used the hotel to conduct business while she was alive. Her ghost, excuse me, is most often seen on the second floor. Excuse me again. Quit messing up his belt now. Quit. Because if he chews on that, it's still us to use it for karate. Sorry about that. Let me go back where I was. Okay, she was a prostitute. Okay, she used the hotel to conduct business while she was alive. Her ghost most often seen is most often seen on the second and third floor. And they say she often attempts suicide to seduce the male ghost. Ew. That means he's like, mm, come here, young man. Wanna kiss big boy? Imagine a ghost doing that. Boys, you look at me. That's crazy. 
Okay, so do the male guest. Okay, and Jolie's, uh, in Julie's honor, the hotel named a room after her, the Julie Rural Room. A young boy named Billy also haunts the hotel. The boy was the son of, the, of a hotel worker and drowned in the nearby San Pedro River while going for a swim. His spirit still lives on the still lives in the Cooper Queen Hotel. Billy's ghost can be seen by children, but adults have uh, have heard Billy giggling or crying. Parents often report seeing their child talking and playing with an invisible child, and he's often seen jumping on the couch in the lobby. Wow, he's a crazy little ghost. Yeah. Billy's blamed for a lot of mischief around the hotel, like missing stuffed animals, random objects floating around. Another ghost is that of an older man with a top hat and black cape. The bearded man is often seen smoking a cigar on the fourth floor. A smoky aroma is present just before and after he appears. He tends to startle many of the guests when the, he appears randomly in the rooms. Well, yeah, he would startle me. He tends to okay. Through three ghosts have been there have been three ghosts that have been confirmed that live in the Cooper Queen Hotel. Some say they may be as many as sixteen ghosts roaming the buildings. That's crazy. All right, here's a little bit more stuff I dug up. Uh, oh. Well, this one pretty much says the same thing. See, this one has the uh, old man again, but this one don't say nothing about his hat. It just says he's got, he's an older man with long hair and a beard. But he does, okay, he has a top habit on in the cape. Okay, well, that story's done. That was the Cooper Queen Hotel. Oh, yeah. Okay, going to story four now. Oh, Billy. I got to get a drink. I've been talking too much. Man, some of this stuff's pretty spooky. I don't know if I could sit there and do an investigation while shit like that's going on. Bagel's in trouble. Okay. Now we're going to go over the, the Valley Hotel in San Carlos. Uh, the Valley Hotel... In downtown, what? Uh. Okay, the Valley Ho Hotel San Carlos in downtown Phoenix. Here's uh, bears two titles: operating as a hotel and a tourist attraction. It was built in 1928 in the historic uh, Banquet Hotel. At the uh, height of its popularity was a frequent go-to for 
members of Hollywood's Golden Age. Clark Gable, Carl Lombard, uh, Mae West, Gene Autry, and Marilyn Monroe. But even with go with a ghost list of celebrities as this one has, the Hotel San Carlos is still uh, mostly is most often re- referred to for its horse haunted history. Where it is, uh, where it is, where it, where. Uh, if it wasn't for the tragedy of a young woman named Lonnie Jensen, it's difficult to say where the legend and the notoriety of Hotel San Carlos would have become. <coughs> Jensen, or what remains of her transparent existence, is said to be one of several ghosts roaming the rooms and rooftops of the hotel. It was here May 27th of 1928, just a week after the building was the building opened up. A 22-year-old woman, a 22-year-old woman, a local newspaper describes as a pretty blonde jumped from the 7th story Hotel to her death on the street below. So that was the first death. The stories surrounding the uh, surrounding what led Jensen to take to check into room 720 and jump out may be way of the roof or many of speculated. So to so too are the hotel stories around the reported ghostly sightings, some of which of those to be ginseng. Since her death, a number of witnesses have reported seeing a woman in white standing on the foot of their beds for several seconds before she walks towards the door and vanishes. See, it's another woman in white. This is a completely different story, and I have another woman in white. But, but that, but that would flip me out. Wake up in the middle of the night and see some chicks standing there at the foot of your bed. <laughs> the mystery woman in the uh, the mystery woman in the white in in white neither speaks or appears threatening during her reported visits at the hospital. But according to other ghost witnesses' accounts, neither is she the lone spirit dweller of the hotel of Hotel San Carlos. Some have reported seeing the ghost of a little girl sitting and crying in some of the hotel rooms. Still others say they have heard the voices of children running through the hallway. The hallways are la- are laughing in the building's basement area. Hmm. Basements. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't have my papers set up ready. My bad. Okay, where was I at? Buildings, basement area. Okay. 
Believers have attempted to link the sightings of the children to the Native American worshiping grounds on which Hotel San Carlos was built and where earlier Phoenix settlers irrigated the city's, uh, constructed the first uh, school. Little Adobe was built there in 1874 after a number of problems. The school was uh, shut down in 1916 to accommodate plans for the construction of the luxury hotel. The Hotel San Carlos came to the uh, functions after developer developers Charles Harris and Dwight D. Hurd purchased the lot from the uh, prominent Phoenix Baptist family. And more than 10 years after the school house has been con- uh, condemned, the Hotel San Carlos Luxury assigned Italian Renaissance guy to design the uh, building. Uh, Charles Harris and the hotel's original owner owner and general manager lived in the penthouse above the 17th floor (coughs) the 7th floor with his family in the Hotel San Carlos is the state of the art faculty also attracted uh, Hollywood stars so this is another one that attracted Hollywood stars Okay, as well as uh, who's among Phoenix's most popular and richest of the uh, social elite, even with the legends of its ghostly uh, guest. In fact, while others established establishments tried to hide similar ghost stories of the hauntings, the Hotel San Carlos openly embraced its ghost stories and continues to welcome curious guests who want to experience the halls and the history while waiting for a spirit or two to join the party. The only operating historic banquet hall in Phoenix, the the Hotel San Carlos was recognized as Arizona State Historical Landmark in 1974. The uh, hotel went an underwent a multi-million dollar renovation in 2003 which what stirred up a bunch of ghosts yes so yeah that's the story on that one come on my computer's being stupid I'm gonna have to punch it right in the voice I think I might do one more. That'll put us about 40. I don't want to stay too long. And in, 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 y'all leave because I bug you. Uh, I might do two more. Okay. This is going over. 
Let me write my time down. God. Sorry, guys, for the long pause. It's not my fault. All right. We're going to go over the Grand Hotel, the Jeremy Grand Hotel, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Grand Hotel. It was built in 1926 and was formerly the United, the United Verde Hospital, closing in 1950, but it was maintained fully furnished for approximately 20 years. The furnishings were moved in the 1970s and 80s by live-in caretakers after a suicidal death of the last caretaker in, 19, in the 1980s. The building was boarded up. Larry Author purchased the building, renovating it to its uh, grand stature of a hotel that it used to be. He uh, still owns and operates the hotel today, so that's pretty good for him. When the owner first moved into the property in 1994, he started working on it. In the first month, he felt almost as though he was not welcomed. Frequently, as renovations continued, the feeling started uh, fading and eventually went away. Some say this was all the... The... Uh, ghost of the nurses that created all the havoc. Many claim she was upset with removal of the desk they worked out of when the restaurant area was remodeled. The original desk w desk was located was relocated within a few feet <coughs> of the original place. You will hear many accounts of uh, spiritual activities in this historical building, and you will hear the uh, ghost sounds of ac the ghost sounds of activity within the old hospital too. Many hear keys attempting to unlock doors. Items will move around the room on their own. Apparitions are also frequently reported here. Well, they're just looking for some trouble, aren't they? And here's some more stuff I found on her. Okay, date. Okay, dates back to nineteen bridge. Oh, when it was used as a hospital, it had nine thousand. There was nine thousand people that died in the hospital. Eee, you think that place is really haunted? And that uh, may be part of the reason why it is so haunted, because 900 people died there. What? Oh, 9,000, I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Some have even, uh, okay, witnesses have reported these sounds of coughing, heavy breathing, and voices coming from empty rooms. Some have even smelt flowers, cigar smoke, dust, whiskey coming from the uh, empty rooms as well. 
The uh, other uh, incidents include televisions being unplugged, shampoo bottles rolling across the floor, and flying across the room. Shadow figures and apparitions of two women have been seen, one wearing a nurse's outfit and the other wearing a white gown. Hmm. So, you can go there to the hotel and it used to be a hospital and you get scared. I think I'm going to do one more, one moss, one more, one more. Uh, Steph's in here. She don't want me to. She wants me to stop recording because she just wants to watch YouTube. Okay. Yeah, this will be our last story. I'm going to get a drink real quick. Okay. It's downtown Phoenix gym. Well, it's not a gym. It's, it's a downtown Phoenix landmark. That's what I'm saying. It's downtown Phoenix landmark in former Badeville House, which first opened in 1928, has more to offer besides its gorgeous building. Well-appointed interior in vintage atmosphere. The Opram Theater's staff where there are more than a few ghosts to be found inside. A chief among them is one apparition named Mandy. Oh, a chef named Mandy who supposedly dwells in the balcony and is uh, famous for nudging or shushing people during performances. And in other words, if you dare speak during a show at the... Uh, Aquarium, you may get shushed by a ghost. Wouldn't that be weird? Some ghost telling you to shut up. The original owner was Harry Nace. He died under a under a mysteri- mysterious circumstances. With uh, two gunshot wounds that. Huh. He uh, died from two shotgun wounds and no one knows what happened. <coughs> then, of course, here's the ghost named Mandy who has reportedly uh, boinks visitors on the head and has been uh, surprised and has been surprise photobombing uh, shots, too. And there's unexplained, there's unexplained um, clapping and cheering sometimes. Uh, and then uh, sometimes more shadows and stuff have been seen roaming around the place. Uh, Ghost Hunters has been there. And uh, they got some good stuff. But they didn't really say go into detail what they got. 
And I want to say, yeah, I think Ghost Adventures has been here too. Not for sure. Let's see what it says. Uh, it talks about Mandy, how she likes to photobomb. Oh, and the uh, Arp Room Theater does do tours during October. So, maybe if you're bold enough, you can go venture in there and see what's going on. Hmm. They say people that go there uh, looking for, you know, paranormal investigators have, you know, had paranormal activity there. Uh, you know, stuff moving, shadow people, voices. All the good stuff, you know. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed that 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 little sh little uh, shtick. That wasn't a bad story either. But I think I am done for the day with the stories. I hope y'all did enjoy them, cause I know I did. I hope you didn't get scared too much. <laughs> But I just want to say thanks to everybody who keeps uh, downloading our stuff. We're uh, getting close to uh, 2,500 downloads. So ready to hit that 3,000 mark, guys. Come on, man. Keep, keep doing, your doing a good job and downloading. Give us some five-star reviews. Keep subscribing. I'm catching up on our, down on our uh, YouTube channel. But we're pretty much on any platform that you can hear us, guys. So check us out. It's Ghost Stories Told from the South. Check out um, Stephanie's podcast called What's Really Out There. Go check out Jackson's Wrestling in the Wrestling 101 with uh, Jackson. And go check out my podcast. It's more for the adults. It's called Borderline Texas Trash, guys. But you be quiet. But, yeah, I hope you guys liked it. So I'm going to start having maybe some people come in here and there. I mean, Lexi ain't going nowhere. But she ain't going to be doing it every day. She don't have time to. But she's still going to come and do little shows. But I might have a guest come in next week or the next couple shows. But this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South, guys. I am Stephen LaBooth. You guys be good. Be real, man. Don't forget, check us out. Keep listening to our stories, man. We uh, love you guys, and we will see you later. This has been Stephen LeBooth. I hope you got scared. <laughs> Bye.